0: I'm sitting here today with Rosalind Williams, the Chief People Officer of Dun & Bradstreet, and we're talking about embracing uncertainty. And I brought Rosalind on today as the role model because not only has she moved up into different positions and often not along her career path, but completely unexpected and uncertain where that was going, but then she... With Dun and Bradstreet, work through so many different evolutions of Dun and Bradstreet, even to being taken over by a private equity firm, being taken off the public market, going through that transformation, really reinventing Dun and Bradstreet, and then going back public again with a hugely successful IPO. So in there, there's so much uncertainty, and at the same time, during this COVID virus, and being a mom with two kids at home that are very active, and a husband who has his own job, and you know, so much uncertainty that I thought, Rosalyn, you would be the perfect person for me to talk to today.
1: Thanks, Scott. I'm humbled to be here.
0: So my first question is, how do you personally deal with this uncertainty? Because you are the perfect example of a person who on the surface looks like nothing ever rattles you, but you must have either a system or some learnings that you've gotten from that.
1: It's a great question, Scott. Something that maybe not a lot of people know about me is I am a huge creature of habit. Nothing makes me feel better than having a routine. And uncertainty actually makes me rather nervous. So for me, when times are uncertain, when the situation is uncertain, building a routine in my day that I can control around the uncertainty really helps me. So, for me, sometimes it's you know doing my morning boot camp, then showering and then having coffee, and then sitting down to do my email. It just kind of calms my mind and gets myself ready for the day and then allows me to perform the way I hope to perform
0: so in many ways, knowing that there's so much uncertainty, you create certainty wherever you can, which is a very efficient and very proactive way to do that so when you enter into these uncertain situations, do you have a process for how you get your arms around it? You know, how you kind of stop the drama, how you shift everybody around you into the solution development mode instead of the drama mode?
1: I do, I do. I always start with a little bit of a reset for myself. Ever since my two children, Emma and Ben, were young, there was one thing I'd always say to them before they went to school. And and I would just say, be brave today. And the reason for that sort of mantra that they and I would talk about often is that when your day feels uncertain and when you encounter different things that you didn't that you didn't expect, being afraid is okay, but being brave is not mutually exclusive. So what I taught them and what I teach myself every time is it's okay to take a look and remind yourself that it's okay to sort of name it. So name the uncertainty and whatever that looks like and feels like. And then just take a deep breath and then think about sort of how you're going to overcome it or how you're going to address it. And it doesn't have to be alone either. So a lot of times what I do is I I, I remind myself that you get to be brave today. You get to look at what that uncertainty is and then you get to think about. So what's my response to that? And that response can be sort of something I've done in the past that reminds me that I can be successful in that uncertain situation. It can be not knowing and it can mean soliciting sort of the help of my colleagues or my team, or it can be simply just sitting down and trying to roadmap what that could look like ahead and knowing that I don't have to have that answer in that moment either.
0: I mean, this idea that you are, I mean, I guess as a chief people officer and as a mother, you're always a coach, right? So you're coaching your kids to develop the mindset skills of courage, of vulnerability, of not having to pursue perfection. And then at the same time, you're doing that with your team and trying to help rally them, which is one of the things that I've always been most impressed with as I've watched you is the way that as a leader, you squelch the fears of your workforce, of your team in uncertain times. What have you learned from doing that and how do you do that so well?
1: One of the things that when I was um, getting certified to be an executive coach that they encouraged us to do was while we were going through the program, they asked us to do something that would teach us how to learn again. And the concept was that children in their everyday lives, as they grow to become adults, they learn every day. So that feeling of not knowing and learning is something really relevant to them. But as we grow and become adults, we sort of master so many things. And so we sometimes forget what learning feels like and learning can feel uneasy, it can feel vulnerable, it can feel scary. And so in that course, alongside learning how to coach, they asked us to do something very physical outside of our boundaries. And so for me, Marcus and I uh, took up rock climbing for two reasons. One, um, I don't have great upper body strength, so it was a great way to learn. Two, I am afraid of heights. And so it forced me sort of almost physically and mentally to reach beyond my comfort zone. And sometimes for me, when you can sort of stop living in your mind and you can allow yourself to just go through a process and name what you see and work through it together. It reminds you to have grace for other people as they're working to learn. So as a leader, you interact with people at all different levels and having that sort of reminder of what learning feels like and that people are always trying to do their best. It kind of shifts yourself into an element of empathy and grace and so i try in my everyday life to do something both mentally and physically that keeps me out of my comfort zone and it doesn't have to be big it can be small it can feel like you know humbling myself and playing catch with ben and um and laughing at myself when he throws a really big fastball or a quick fastball you know jumping out of the way and it reminds me that um we don't how we look to others it doesn't have to always be perfect but putting yourself out there and wanting to learn it just keeps you in the game a little bit more a little bit braver than you otherwise would
0: I love that you you're hitting so many mindset skills that we we always talk about right building curiosity building vulnerability we already talked about courage a little bit but this willingness to try the untried and to not allow that to kind of imprison you but to allow that to empower you to do something new and different. I know with this last experience with Dun & Bradstreet, I mean, you were in uncharted territory. This was not a place that you had ever been. So there had to be a lot of uncertainty. As you look back, what did you learn about yourself or even about the way you approach it?
1: Probably the greatest lesson, Scott, is to trust myself. And I don't know that I've always had that skill set. So As Dun & Bradstreet shifted from being public to being private, I had never been part of a private company. It also asked me to help rebuild an executive team and to rebuild relationships. There were questions in my mind if I could perform at that level. And and it's one of those moments, right? You get to be brave today. You take a deep breath and you just trust that sort of all the lessons that you've learned in the past, they somehow culminate and dots can connect. And it's okay to ask for help along the way. You know, many were time Many of the times, I remember sitting with my team, and nothing says just because I am their leader that I have to have all the answers. In fact, we knew that we could be multiplicative together by looking at the challenges together and and allow us to learn together. And that went just not just for my own people team, but it went to the executive team too. And so I think there was something really. Profound about the ability to influence other leaders to know that you could reach out to your colleague in a very genuine way and ask for help. I think it helps shape a culture. I think it helps shape a team at any level. And so I think for me, reminding myself and grounding myself that exactly who I am and exactly the skill sets that I have are enough in that moment and trusting myself is really what helps me each day and knowing that each day I get to be just a little bit better than I was the day before. And that prepares me for what's next.
0: So I have one question about that because I know you well, and I know how you implement your sustainable high impact strategies. How does fatigue impact your ability to embrace uncertainty or to overcome uncertainty and create something new and great?
1: It plays a pretty big part, Scott. I have to say that I am deeply, deeply appreciative that Tignum entered my life probably over a decade ago now, Scott, and uh, and not a day goes by where I don't implement at least one of the techniques or, or skill sets that I learned from you guys. You know, when I talk about having a routine or a schedule that sort of creates a little bit of habit for me. Um, it does always start with movement and it doesn't have to be sort of boot camp. It can be daily prep. It can be no excuse workout. But my ability to move takes me out of my head, which I live in often and allows me to sort of recharge. And, you know, throughout the day, I, you know, in my job, there is a lot of probably more emotional fatigue than there is every, anything else. You know, in the HR world, we tend to help others and we tend to listen to their thoughts and and, and their sort of opportunities and problem sets, and sometimes at the cost of our own. And so one of the things that taught me, Scott, is, you know, to take a moment away and to be purposeful about how to do that reset. So whether it's coming home and doing sort of the trouble tree that you touch or really visualizing who I want to be when I get home. Those are all those moments that really matter to me and somehow they build on each other, right? So when you find yourself being the best version of yourself, they compound and they give you energy to sustain it. But I also learned that there are and it's probably the one area I get to work on the most is how to unplug and how to take time away. And um, it doesn't have to be days and days on end. They can be sort of short spurts and be really intentional. And so for me, sometimes on the weekends, it's sort of an afternoon nap that I it's a it's a luxury and one that I love, but it's one that my family supports me in. So it's those. Sometimes more lately, um, during this pandemic, it's been a run, and it's allowed me sort of to have those moments of quiet for myself. And other times, it's just playing with the dog. And any of those moments, I find myself reminding myself to be present in that moment and to kind of block out all the other thoughts that are in my mind. But those moments of recovery are probably the biggest key to how I can look at uncertainty and feel brave enough to continue.
0: So let me just see if I can just kind of summarize, because you hit a point that really touches me deeply. And I think a lot of our, our clients would benefit from this, this concept that uncertainty actually pushes you out of your comfort zone. It challenges your status quo. So by nature, by definition, it forces you to grow. At the same time, by nature, it doesn't allow perfection because you're already in these uncertain times. And therefore, it rewards kind of your pursuit of just being better, your pursuit of just trying to make that big impact. And I love the way you built your own recovery into that because, you know, fatigue takes away from that. You built movement into that because you had to invest in yourself to invest in others. I love the way that you challenge your team and and are vulnerable enough to say that you're not perfect. So yeah, I'm blown away. You hit so many great topics. I hope I just summarized them enough, but any final thoughts before we, we say goodbye? Let
1: me kind of think out loud for a second, Scott. I guess, you know, in the last, perhaps probably two, two and a half years, it has probably asked for the most change. This July 4th will mark the fourth year that we moved as a family. And so that in and of itself, was incredibly challenging because I probably worried most for the family, for Emma and Ben to see if they would adapt to the change well enough. And their level of resilience came from anchoring in who they are. And I remember watching as they integrated into new schools and new sports team, they never changed the essence of who they are. And they found ways to be their best selves through things like movement and mindset, nutrition for sure was a key component of our lifestyle and recovery and I guess what I would say is I remind myself of that each day that it's not as hard as I think I might make it in my head and so as long as I see it I name it I remind myself that there are these techniques that are available to me the the concepts of being brave and being resilient and trusting myself sort of surround and wrapper the Tignum concept so perfectly because It anchors back to the the mindset that, you know, we've done this before and we can do it again. And the challenge may be different. It can be smaller. It can be bigger. But that we live in a community of people, most especially my Tignum family, but us and also sort of my work family and my home family, that we help each other through those times of uncertainty together.
0: Roslyn Williams, thank you so much. That was a perfect ending. Thanks, guys. Here's a couple reflection questions for you to maybe think about around this topic of embracing uncertainty. What uncertainty do you currently have in your life, both professionally and personally? Write it down because when you write it down, you make the unknown known. We're all looking at the same kind of problem or challenge. Another question might be, how do you currently respond or react to uncertainty? What do you feel in your body? In previous situations of uncertainty, what did you learn? What positive outcomes came from this situation that you can carry forward? This is always one of my favorite questions to ask because it's often at this stage that we realize that we're way better equipped than we actually give ourselves credit for. As a leader, how could you help your teams deal with uncertainty? You might even want to turn that as a teammate. How can you help your team or your leader deal better with uncertainty? Then, of course, there's the great reflection question, as a mother, father, wife, husband, sister, brother, daughter, son, whatever your role is, how could you help your family better deal with uncertainty? These are great reflective questions that help us flush out and develop these mindset skills so that we're able to not only grow from uncertainty, but to become better and better for the next time uncertainty presents itself to us.